It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Tony Maradero. 55 seconds left in the penalty, a minute and 27 seconds left in regulation time. Boston 4, Montreal 3. Lafleur coming out rather gingerly on the right side. He gives it into Lemaire, back to Lafleur. The Sickest Montreal Canadiens Podcast. (laughs) There is a bomb! Sports Entertainment. Like no other. Rejoint, on lui fait perdre la rondelle, une passe devant. Et c'est bon, 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 c'est from the rafters of the famous forum in Montreal, the Canadians win the Stanley Cup. Brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. 8.6 beer. Intense by nature. And Lacage. If the last time you went to Lacage was when the Habs won the Cup, it's time you went back to Lacage. It's going to be sick. Marinero, the sick podcast. Oh, I just noticed having a real, real bad hair day today. What do you want? I just got out of the spa a little while ago. Uh, Yeah, let me hide all this stuff here. Uh, It is Monday, December the 5th. It is uh, three minutes past 10 o'clock. The Montreal Canadiens are visiting the Canucks in Vancouver, and the puck will drop in just over 30 minutes' time, and we look forward to that. And when the Canadiens, the puck does drop between the Canadiens and the Canucks, Basically, it's going to be a watch party is what it's going to be. And I'm going to be here and I'm going to be commenting what I'm seeing on TV. I did it last game uh, when the Canadians were in Calgary on Thursday night. And I'm doing it tonight. And I'm going to do it tomorrow again when the Canadians are going to be visiting the Kraken in Seattle. Why not? I mean, uh, I'm not going to change the time of the show. We decided this year that we're going to go on at 10 p.m. live or right after the Canadians game. Sometimes we went a few minutes after. Come to think of it now, I think we're going to go on at 10 p.m. Eastern pretty much all the time, Monday to Friday. The Sick Podcast that you're watching right now on YouTube Live, on Twitter Live, and our Facebook Live as well is brought to you in part by three very special companies, Energy Transportation Group, an asset-based 3PL provider offering outstanding service at incredible rates, selling all North, serving all North America, pardon me, Energy Transportation Group offers full-service logistics support. And these guys at 8.6 beer, intense by nature. I went with the uh, India Pale tonight, which is the 7.0. It's actually cold out of the fridge, and I might just uh, crack it open there. 
the beer for those who follow their instinct and live their passions in order to make their mark. And brought to you by Lacash Restaurant. If the last time you went to Lacash was when the Habs won the Cup, it's time you go back to Lacash. The menu will surprise you. It was just three weeks ago, three weeks ago today, that Roberto Luongo from Montreal, Quebec, Canada, was inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame. It must be cool. I'll never know what it feels like. Obviously, he does. Let's find out. He joins us right now. He is special advisor to the general manager with the Florida Panthers. Roberto, how are you? Good, Tony. How are you doing? Very, very good. Thanks for doing this. I spoke to your buddy, Maxim Lapierre, early on. He says he's going to be very serious early on, but maybe, maybe you might just find a way to get to him. He said, ask him about those famous ping pong games we used to have in Vancouver. So he told me it would be a good way of breaking the ice. Rob, talk to me about those ping pong games. I totally, I totally dominate him every single game. So I don't know. I'm surprised he told you to mention it because uh, he, I don't think you've ever he's ever beat me. The Twins, on the other hand, that's a different story. Oh, really? Hey, they're good. Yeah, any Swede is a master at ping pong. So we had the Swede, we had the Twins, we had uh, Samuelson on our team. Couldn't beat them ever. So me and Burr had some good matches, uh, but uh, the the, uh, the Swedes dominated that the ping pong table. Speaking of which, how did it feel like for you uh, being inducted alongside Daniel and Hendrik Sedin and Daniel Offertson just three weeks ago? It was amazing. Um, it was a great weekend. It wasn't just the Monday night. I think uh, the weekend as a whole was fantastic. I really had a lot of fun in the Legends game. Uh, that was probably my favorite part of the weekend, uh, just to be on the ice with with those guys, but also ex-teammates uh, from that uh, Vancouver team that were there as well. Uh, Corey Schneider, Kevin Bieksa, Dan Hamus, those guys, um, as, as well as like legends like Eric Lindros and John McLaren. So it was, uh, it was pretty fun uh, to be on the ice with those guys, especially that I was playing forward. I got Rob, to play a ship with the Legend of Boom, too. Yeah, pretty cool. Rob, I, I, I watched it, obviously, as did all hockey fans. It was uh, very, very – it's always very touching when the inductees get to go up and they get to thank a lot of people that uh, uh, they wanted to thank, you know, for their entire career, and then they do it right there on that stage. It's pretty cool. It was particularly emotional, I thought, when you talked about your brothers, Fabio and Leo, who both wanted to play in the NHL themselves. You can tell that Fabio was really, really emotional – uh, so he's the one who cries the easiest in the family, I guess, huh? I, I would think so. He started crying on the video. I didn't even go on stage yet. He was already crying. So <laughs> I heard he's, uh, people were giving him a tough time in Montreal about that one. He's not. <laughs> <laughs> he's having some troubles from when the cameras was on him. The whole speech seemed like. Rob, take me back to Montreal. I know you talked about those famous games in the basement that you guys had and breaking up all the walls in the home, but. I would imagine, you know, those are very, very great memories for you. Yeah, they're awesome. You know how it is. You know, we have dinner at the, the table, everybody together. And then right after that, we all go downstairs and we start playing. You know, we set it up, tournaments, blah, blah, blah. We'd argue all the time, of course, you know, uh, some tears, some fighting. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, those are the memories you remember. Um, you know, those are... Those are the moments that when you get older, you wish sometimes you could go back to and, and, and relive again because, uh, you know, that's what that's what makes you right. These, those moments with the family and, and spending that time together and, um, you know, especially playing hockey, like, uh, like we did all the time, uh, you know, and given where, you know, I ended up, I think it was, uh, something that really stuck in my mind, especially, uh, when I was up there making my speech, it was really something that I wanted to bring to the forefront because it was an important time in my life Yeah, and my brothers were a big part of it. 
Where, uh, did you play a lot of ball hockey growing up, Rob? Because, like, I never had a chance to play ice hockey. So my thing used to be we used to play in these pickup ball hockey leagues or whatever. Uh, did you play a lot of ball hockey growing up, yes or no? I played street hockey with my with my neighbors when I was a kid. That's kind of where I started, uh, you know, like five, six years old. And, and we used to play street hockey. And everybody in my neighborhood was older than me. So I was the youngest one, which is kind of good because I used to play against older kids. And Yeah. Uh, no, for the first three, four years, that's all I did is, is play street hockey. And then finally, when I was eight years old, my parents, uh, finally gave in and, and, and signed me up for hockey on, on the ice. So when you were playing street hockey goalie, I guess, or not? Oh yeah. Yeah. I had yeah. the, uh, the, the couch, I cut out the couch with the, the string and I tied it around my pants, my legs and yeah. I had a hockey glove with another piece of foam on top as a blocker and then a, and a baseball catcher. And uh, that's, that was my goalie gear. Some of the young generation has no idea where we're talking about, Rob, but I, I know, know we do. Yeah. We yeah. used to, those old sofas, we used to open up the zipper. We used to take out that beige foam that came in yeah. it. We used to take two, drill two holes or not drill them or take a, a screwdriver or something pointy, point yeah. it right through, make the two holes, take a rope, tie the pads around us. Uh, those were the good old days. At the, the bottom, you have to cut a little, like a little arch for the foot. Yeah, yeah. The pad, you know? yeah, 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 you're right about that. You're right about that. Who were you when you were playing in nets and you were playing street hockey? Uh, were you anyone in particular as a goalie? Uh, most of the time it was Grant Fior. I mean, that's why that's why I became a goalie in the first place. He just uh, just watching him, you know, just spectacular saves all the time. It was like yeah. dramatic and, you know, it was just it was fun to watch. And then uh the the Oilers were my favorite team back then you know uh, obviously the glory days with Gretzky and Messi and those guys and Grant Fuhrer was my favorite goalie so I mean I just just drawn to the position right away when I was watching that you know as much as it was easy to be Grant Fuhrer because you knew you had goal support right your team would score you at least four goals even on a bad night they were all offense I mean and some of their best defensemen were all offense as well I mean this guy faced a lot of breakaways and two-on-ones and three-on-twos not that easy being Grant Fuhrer after all no, it's not. And, and like you said, I mean, at the end of the day, all you need is one big save at the end of the game. And it's yeah. like he can always come up with it. And that's what made him so great. You know, it wasn't uh, that he had good numbers or, you know, he was like technical, but he always came up with a huge save when he needed it at the end of the game. And the rest, you know, the, the guys took care of the rest. Rob, once again, you know, thanks for accepting the invitation. I, I thought that because the Canadians were playing the Canucks tonight, uh, the timing would have been great. I thought it was very, very appropriate. Uh, so I know everyone that's watching really, really appreciates it. And, you know, most of them follow you on Twitter, of course. But I have to ask you, I think you said this before, Strombone comes from where exactly? It's just, uh, uh, well, it's, it's a couple of different things. I can't uh, divulge everything. But uh, when I was in high school, my first year of high school, um, I played the trombone. Okay. And uh, I was a big fan of Stromboli. So... Kind of combined the two a little bit there, and then you know okay. we uh, it was a word that we started using in, in our friend in our group of friends, and then yeah, you know, I just I, I kind of accidentally used it once as a, and then it kind of stuck right, and then I was stuck with it. I didn't want to change it because that's how people started recognizing me as. That's pretty cool. Uh, I want to listen. I want to go back to pretty much where it all started, and that's why I went back to your youth. And I want to talk to you about the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. Three seasons with Val d'Or, one season with Acadie Bathurst. Val d'Or, let's start with them. Your greatest memory? Uh, well, it was three and a half seasons and then half a season with Bathurst. Okay. But uh, with Val d'Or, uh, obviously we won the championship the one year. 
we had an unbelievable team, uh, JP Dumont, Steve Bijan. Uh, we were loaded. And uh, I remember we won. We went to the Mem Cup. Uh, we didn't we didn't win in the Mem Cup. But uh, I just remember the buzz in the city was unbelievable. Like, uh, I don't think they'd ever won a championship before. So it was uh, it's pretty special to be, you know, in those small towns like that. That's all they have, right? Yeah. So uh, yeah. being part of that was, was pretty fun. Out of all the players I covered in hockey, Steve Bajan, I thought was one of the nicest guys. Yeah, he's awesome. He's a really yeah. funny guy. I think I remember him. I think he was our captain back then. And, um, you know, he was always joking around and keeping the mood light for the guys. And uh, he, he felt like a, a guy that was maybe like in the mid-20s. He didn't, didn't look like a guy that was 18, 19 years old playing for a junior team. Yeah. Akadi Bathurst. Who coached you there? Jeez, uh, I don't remember. <laughs> I think it was the uh, – you might have to help me out with this one. I think it was the uh, – no, I don't remember. Well, I, I'm asking you because I went on Hockey DB. I didn't yeah. see myself, but was my buddy Dino Mazzanotti part of part of that staff by any chance, or who? No, he was not. I don't. That name does not ring a bell. No, so I'm no. I'm, sure. I'm trying to figure. I'm trying to figure it out myself, Akadi Bathurst, because I know that. I want to. I want to say he had man, but I'm not sure. Okay, because I know that uh, that uh, it was Richard Martel. With, uh, that was with Valdor, yes. That was Valdor, and I was yeah. just trying to figure out Akadi Bathurst, and I couldn't figure it out. Anyway, maybe we're going to have somebody that's actually going to be on watching us uh, live on, on YouTube right now, on Facebook or on Twitter, who could probably refresh our memory. Uh, yeah. Getting old sucks, Rob. You know, we tend to forget <laughs> things. You know, they say I don't remember night. anything. I can remember any save that I made or a goal that I let in, but ask me about coaches and teammates, I don't remember anybody. La vecchia brut, as they say, Rob. Your 97 <laughs> yeah. draft. You go fourth overall. Thornton, Marlowe, Jokinen go before you. You're there at the draft. You're sitting. You're thinking what? What's going through your mind? Well, originally, there was some rumors that I might be going to Boston at one. So I wasn't quite sure what was going to happen. Um, so could you imagine if I would have went to Boston at one? Wow. <laughs> I would have changed things a little bit, right? Uh, but uh, so obviously, my name doesn't get called <laughs> in the first couple. And then... Um, when we got to the Islanders, I, I had spoken to them the day before. Uh, and they had back-to-back -back picks. So yeah. I, I, di I didn't know for sure, obviously, I was going there. But, uh, you know, there was a good uh, – I had a good good talk with them. So there was always the, the possibility. And, and like I said, back-to-back -back picks, I thought maybe there was a chance. And, uh, you know, when you hear your name, I, it feels like the rest of the day is kind of a blur, right? I, yeah. I see the video all the time of me getting up and kissing my mom and dad and all that. But I don't even remember doing it. So it was yeah. just so fast. and. I just remember the stress before, and then as soon as your name is called, it's like everything just lets go, you know? Yeah, I know players usually say that they don't have a preference. Yeah. I mean, Eric Lindros did, but, I mean, that's another story. But <laughs> did you have a preference? No, I, no, I didn't care. I just wanted to be in the NHL, you know? That was yeah. my dream. So um, it didn't, didn't matter to me. Um, I was happy with, with whatever team, and uh, it didn't even really matter, you know, how early I went i just wanted to get drafted and just know who i went to right that, i just want yeah. to know who it belonged to uh if all goes well we got another 15 minutes here so obviously i can't go through your 20-year career because i'm going to be out of time yeah. so i'm going to skip to the good stuff okay how many times have as long as we skip the bad stuff we're good yeah yeah we're <laughs> skipping the bad stuff don't worry about it i'm going to pump your tires the entire conversation right, don't worry you know, Perfect. he didn't. Thomas didn't want to pump them, but I'll Perfect. pump them for you. Okay? All right. Well, now that it's over, we can pump them a little bit, no? Yes, yes, we can. <laughs> Two thousand and seven. How often do people talk to you about the semifinal uh, and uh, the overtime? And you're in the you're you're in oh, the locker the room, bathroom, and, bathroom and you, break, and, and you got to go to the bathroom. Yeah, that was a tough one. 
<laughs> it was weird because because my stomach ache started in the third period, you know, and I was like, ah, wow, wow, that's weird. Because usually during the game, like once you're in the game, you don't you don't think about that, right? It yeah. doesn't happen. Yeah. But for some reason in the third period, I was like, wow, what's going on here? Um, you know, started feeling a little funky, and then I could have just went to the bathroom when I went in the dressing room after the third, but I didn't. I was like, no, nah, it's gonna go away. And as I was putting my gloves on to get ready to go out with with uh, like four or five minutes left on the clock. Uh, I was like, man, I don't think I'm going to make it. Uh, so um, I called the, one of the trainers over. I said, listen, I said, can you ask the ref if they can wait two minutes to start the period? Like, <laughs> this is not going to happen here. Yeah. So he runs over. I think it was Wes McCauley. Yeah. Uh, so he runs over to the ref, comes back. He's like, yeah, 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 go ahead. Go ahead. They'll wait for you. I was like, okay, good. So I run in there, take my stuff <laughs> off, just my top. And um, as I'm on the uh, – doing my business all of a sudden i hear the play i hear the play i was like what and i freaked out i was like dude this is over if we did, we had scored on the season's over we we're like we we're facing elimination so i freaked out like i literally don't even remember if i wiped or not put my stuff back on and then like and then i got to the bench and then the play went on for like another two three minutes before the whistle and we couldn't get it out of a zone like danny Sabra and me like three unbelievable saves and I'm yeah like, and I like all I can think of if they score here, I, I'm gonna feel so like so bad for the kid. Like you know, it doesn't deserve it. But he he yeah. he stood tall. He made the big saves, and then and then I came in and we lost in the next. <laughs> <laughs> what a story! That's unbelievable. But I have to ask you, Rob, was it something you ate or was it nerves? I don't think it was nerves because I mean I'm always nervous during the game, and that never happened before, right? So it's, yeah, it's okay. not like. So you and I are wired differently then, because when I'm nervous, I got to go to the bathroom, Rob. Well, so do I. So do yeah. I. But usually yeah. I go before the game, and then I'm good, yeah. right? I'm good the rest of the way. So, but this time for some reason, like it never happens, like because the way when I played, I was nervous before the game. Like before the game, I really was nervous. I go, I go to the bathroom like four or five times a day on game day before the game. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, and then once the game starts, I'm good, and 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 then like the nerves kind of go away, and like you're in the zone and you're playing, so you don't even think about it. And for some reason, something happened. So it must have been something probably that I ate. So um, all kidding aside, did you find yourself, all kidding aside now, when it was game day, did you find yourself actually eating less because you knew that you were always nervous on game day? Uh, was this always something that you, know, that you had to deal with throughout your career, no matter at which level? Or was it once you got to the National Hockey League that once it's game day, I'm nervous and I'm going to the bathroom four or five times a day? I mean, I don't remember. I don't remember what my routine was when I was in junior, but I could remember yeah. that you know that was pretty much my routine every game um, in the NHL. Even even in preseason, like it didn't yeah. matter to me. Like in preseason or playoffs, I still was still nervous. That's just the way I prepared and yeah. that's the way I got ready. So um, I had my I had it down to a science. Like it was every, at the same time every day, and then and I yeah. ate, I ate normal. I mean, I would have breakfast, then I had a big lunch, you know, the pasta with the chicken for yeah. a pregame meal, and then a snack before. So it was just something that was part of my routine, really. Yeah, uh, you know what? Uh, by no means am I an athlete, uh, so I don't know what that feels like. But I, you know, I I do deal with it doing podcasts. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know this is never far. It's always. Are you so, sitting on a toilet right now, or just a seat? Uh, no, I'm actually sitting on a seat. There's my uh, autographed Gila Fleur chair, by I the see, way. I saw that. With, uh, really? Yeah, with my uh, yeah, uh, Cole Caulfield pillow, by the way. Yeah, uh, here you go. We'll put it there. You sleep with that, or no? I don't. But he could very well be the next 50 goal scorer. The last yeah. one was Stefan Riche in the early 90s. My bathroom is about 10 feet away. I'm actually in my basement right now, but. 
so once again, Rob, all kidding aside, I mean, I didn't expect to talk about this for as much as I am, but as your career went on, were there certain things that you actually tried to help alleviate the nerves? I mean, is there anything like the, you know, meditation, yoga, anything like that or whatever, or no? No, man, that's just, that's just the yeah. way I was wired. And I felt yeah. like the nerves helped me, you know, be on, be on top of my game. Right. I, I felt yeah. like sometimes if I wasn't nervous, it was a bad sign. So, um, and like I said, it was more like preparing for the game because once the game yeah. started, then I was fine. I wasn't nervous. And then I was in the zone. You know what I'm saying? Well, so yeah. It, was, yeah. it almost became like a, a preparation slash, like when I wasn't nervous, I was like kind of worried. I was like, wow, why, why am I not? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it was, uh, speaking kind of, of nervous, I mean, the entire country was nervous back in 2010. It's the Olympics. It's actually being played in Vancouver. You're playing versus Team USA in the final. I think it's Zach Parisi who scores with like less than 25 seconds left in the game to tie it up. Sidney Crosby ends up scoring the golden goal for Canada, I think just less than five minutes into the extra frame. Four-on-four four hockey. Can you begin to explain to me what it felt like to play in a game like that? And... What was the first thing you thought about when Crosby scored? Well, uh, yeah, I mean, I've never experienced uh, that much intensity, uh, like just everything from from the like the whole tournament. First of all, not just the final. It was like, especially when I found out that I, had, you know, uh, Babs was switching from Marty to myself. Uh, mm -hmm. Obviously, changed the way I was uh, approaching the whole thing because. Um, you know, now obviously you're, you're driving the bus and then, and, and, you know, you have, uh, you feel like the whole country's, you know, not only myself, but, you know, our whole team mm -hmm. want to deliver for the country. So yeah. uh, I changed and uh, didn't get much sleep that, that uh, week and a half, I tell you that. Uh, and then um, just leading up to the final, I think I was happy that this, the, I think it was a noon game on the final uh, because they had the closing ceremonies after. So it was, it was a good thing that we just got up and went to the rink. Like it was not, a lot of waiting around and sitting on it and just, you know, the nerves and all that stuff. So we, we got up, we went to the, at breakfast, went to the rink and we played. Um, I remember um, after they tied it, uh, it was very deflating, uh, not only for myself, but you could feel it, uh, you know, on the bench. Um, uh -huh. I think it, was, it was a huge uh, bonus for us that we got a chance to go in the locker room after the, the third period. If, if the overtime uh -huh. would have started right away, I think we might have still been reeling. Uh -huh. So uh, we we were able to um, regroup a little bit, you know. A couple guys spoke, blah blah blah. We we regrouped and we got ready to go up back who out spoke, there. So, who spoke, Rob? Who spoke? Uh, there was two guys mostly. I think it was Rob Needham, uh, sorry Scott Niedermeyer and uh, Chris Pronger. You know, oh. it was mostly um, guys. You know, we're in the gold medal game overtime. Like this is what you dream of as a kid. You know, somebody's going to be the hero in here. Like. Let's enjoy this moment, blah, blah, blah. You know, so that, that kind of stuff, right? And I think it kind yeah. of settled everybody down and shifted our focus to overtime instead of like, wow, we had just lost. Not lost, but we, you know, we, we gave it away with a minute left. So, yeah, uh, I think that was huge for us to be able to go back in the locker room there. Um, yeah. And then we came out and then, you know, when we scored, all, if, you, if you see the overhead shot of me after they scored, I don't even take a stride all the way to the other end. I just put my both my arms up in the air and I'm looking at the ceiling the whole way down the ice because yeah. I was like, oh my god! Like I couldn't believe that it was actually we had got it done and I was, I was I was thanking the Lord and you know that yeah. we, we, it was crazy. Uh, probably from tears of joy to tears of sadness one year yeah. later, Rob, in 2011. But you know the Canadians got to the Stanley Cup final. Uh, surprised everyone a couple of years ago. And we heard after losing to Tampa Bay just how difficult it was, obviously, for everybody. 
But Carey Price, and in particular Shea Weber, who figured he had played his last NHL game, were completely devastated. Um, how long did it take you to get over being so close, but yet being so far? Because you lose in Game 7 in front of your fans. Is it something that took a while, Rob, or was it just, you know... Yeah, well, no it depends. Choice. It depends on which level, right? Like some some of me is still not over it, you know, because wow. I because I never got a chance to win it, right? Like that wow. was my only yeah. chance, and we didn't get the job done. So some of a small part of me is still not over it, but another part of me, you know, uh, dealt with it in the summertime and got back the next year and and you know put it behind me. And then you know as I as the years went on, you kind of like, you know, it's part of who you are. And obviously, you know, even though we lost, it was a great run and. It was it was fun, right? It was a fun run. Uh, so there's different levels to it, I think. Um, mm-hmm. For me, uh, you know, given that I'm, if I would have won a cup afterwards, I think it would have been, you know, easier to to digest. Um, yeah. So given that we didn't, and that never even got close to going back to the final, uh, so you know that that part's still tough to to swallow. That was their only chance, and we came so yeah. close to it, and we fell short. So. Rob, I'm going to put you on the spot a couple of times, but it won't be that bad, okay? You're a big boy. You can take it. So I'm going to ask you a question, and I know what the easy answer is, but I don't want the easy answer or the political answer. I want the honest answer, which I know you're going to give me. Would you have wanted to play in Montreal? Um... I don't know. It's a it's a good question, and I, I kind of went back and forth on it. Uh, to be honest with you, uh, over my career, I mean, I never you know sought out to go play for the Montreal Canadiens, but you know there was a period of time when uh, you know when I was uh, the trade was in limbo. You know, I didn't know what my options were, but um, part of me did, and part of me didn't. To be honest with you, I think uh, you know part of me did because uh, that's where I'm from, and you know you, you get to be home and and all that kind of stuff. And uh, the other part of me, you know, was like, well, you know, if I do play there, then it's going to be tough for everybody else, you know, in the city because yeah. you know, everybody's going to be, you know, you know how it is, you know, when you're, when you're a celebrity in, in the city. So, well, I don't um, know how it is, but I'll take your word for it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, part of me did, part of me didn't. I mean, I, I guess that's kind of like everything else. I don't know if that's the kind of answer you wanted. But it's that's funny. It's funny that's- because I was texting with your brother yesterday and he said, and I said to him, I said, you're a legend. And he wrote back to me, he said, no, you're a legend. And I said, no, you were mentioned in a Hall of Fame speech. I never was. <laughs> you're a legend. But I know that you've you've talked about this before. You do come back to Montreal in the offseason. Yeah. And, you know, obviously everybody recognizes you. And they ask you for a picture. Just look at this. This coming from your Twitter account. There you go. Yeah. There you go. (laughs) This was one of my favorites when you put on Twitter. When you were telling your wife, babe, when I go back to Montreal, everyone recognizes me. Someone (laughs) approaches. Can can we take a picture? They had you the camera. (laughs) There you go. That's a good one. I wish they were all like that. (laughs) Did you did you get the feeling that they knew who you were? No. No, no, they had no idea. That's why. That's why oh, they asked me to take Yeah, yeah, they had, they had no idea. They had no, no idea. Not even after you took the picture, they approach you and say, hey, are you? A... No, no. Yeah. Not at all, not at all. I, I, uh, but to the, I wonder if somebody eventually told them. That would be the best part, right? Oh, that would, that be, would, be, that would be pretty good, yeah. Uh, special. I, I, would, I don't think they were from Montreal. No, they don't. They don't look like they were in the yeah. picture because they 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 just. Had, I think they had some. Uh, you know, the way they were dressed, or they had some yeah, gear on them. Yeah, they were like tourists. I think they felt yeah. like tourists. Yeah, they looked like tourists to me. 
Hey, uh, speaking of pitchers, here's one with someone who's a pretty popular guy in Montreal right now. Not him, but a couple of guys. There you go. Look who you got your arms around there, huh? <laughs> yeah. Marty St. Louis, huh? Beautiful. Uh, how can you? How surprised were you when you heard that Marty St. Louis was brought in as interim coach last year when the Canadians relieved Dominic Ducharme of his duties? When you heard that name, did you say, "Is this true?" Or, or well, did you I, say, uh, I, "I was figured. shocked because I didn't know. I didn't even know he was coaching. Like I didn't even. I didn't even know what he was up to. Like and yeah." So yeah, I was I was very shocked, but um, you know, part of me kind of was intrigued if that made sense, just because yeah. I know what type of guy that he is. Uh, so I'm happy to see that he's having some success. I mean, that's that's good for him. I mean, that's that's not an easy thing to do to come in with, yeah, no experience basically, and and be the coach of the most historic franchise in the NHL. That's it's pretty impressive. Right, you like you can tell talking with him. Like he he loves the game, but there's loving the game, and there's like really really loving the game. Yeah, like he really loves the game. Like he, no, he lo loves it. No, he loves it, and, and yeah. The crazy part is, is like he's gonna keep getting better, right? Because <laughs> he's getting all this experience. So yeah, I mean, I'm really impressed by the job that he's done so far, and then you know, yeah, Montreal's been playing really well this year. I mean, they're 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 in the playoff race right now, so that's rough. They're fun to watch. They're entertaining. Yeah. You know, it's Suzuki's scoring goals and picking up points. The same for Caulfield. They're a lot of fun. Let's talk about your job. Special advisor to the GM with the Florida Panthers. Can you paint a picture for what uh, a typical day like uh, looks like for you? Well, I'm, I'm also the uh, – I run the uh, goalie excellence department. So, um, yeah. I would say my, my work is kind of split half and half. Uh, at the moment so you know right now with the goalie department you know we, we not only do we take care of our own guys in the nhl american hockey league east coast hockey league our drafted guys um possible free agents uh in europe uh draft picks uh, coming up in the in the fall you know goalies that are eligible for the draft so that's the kind of stuff that i do with the department um you know I have people working under me so we're a team and and you know we, we run meetings and we try to stay on top of things uh and that side and then and then as far as the other part um uh i'm pretty much involved in in, in everything day-to-day -day, uh team team stuff with uh yeah. you know, with bill he includes me in in all the the decisions uh you know we, we talk about our roster we talk about you know everything from potential trades waivers all, all the stuff so um it's really uh opened my eyes to as far as like what it takes to be a general manager in the league and uh -huh. uh, I'm still learning every day. This is already my fourth year in management, if you can believe it. Uh, yeah. Pretty crazy. So, uh, yeah, I'm learning. I'm not having a ton of fun. Uh, so so do you want to be a GM one day, Rob, or do you actually just right now really love what you're – like some some guys or girls, they actually, you know, they don't need to be the general manager. They don't want to. They, they find a yeah. job they think is perfect for them. Is this a perfect job for you or you have higher aspirations? No, I have higher aspirations. I, I do want to be a GM one day, uh, oh, great. but I'm not in a rush to get there. Uh, I think right now my kids are, you know, they're, they're uh, teens and they're teens. So they still need their dad a lot. And I, I don't want to be gone all the time. You know, I did that enough when I was playing. So uh, I'm kind of learning, but at the same time, uh, you know, I'm not in a rush to get there. Uh, when I do get there, hopefully one day, uh, I want to be ready. You know, I don't want to, I want to, I don't want to go in like doubting that I'm ready or not. I want to know that I'm ready and I want to be, uh, do a good job. 
Rob, I won't keep you for much longer. Maybe one or two more here. But uh, seeing as you told me you want to be a general manager one day, I mean, what did you learn in the interview process with the Canadians when they were looking for a GM? I think it's well documented that you interviewed Rob. How many times did you interview and what did you learn? Oh, just just the one time. Uh, it was my first time, so I and I, you know, I I, I didn't really know what I was doing. Uh, it was you know, it was the it was already a year ago. Was it a year ago already? Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I mean, I went in cold. Uh, you know, I spoke to a, pe- a couple people in in uh, in our office back here. Gave me a couple of tips, but I didn't really know how it would go or you know whatnot. So I just spoke from the heart and. Um, there's a, there's a couple of things that, you know, I, I felt that I could have been better at describing maybe like, you know, my views on scouting and that kind of stuff. But, um, in general, I, you know, the philosophy I think is, is, you know, what, what matters. And, 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 uh, I'm happy to see that, you know, the philosophy that I had is lining up a lot with what they've been doing so far. So uh, pretty cool. Yeah. So it's, so- uh, it's made me feel a little bit better about the interview. So we know that you're the type who gets pretty nervous on game day, but once the game starts, you're okay. Did you get nervous that day? Yeah, no, I was pretty nervous that day just because, I mean, that's pretty big. It's a pretty big deal, you know? It's uh, So uh, it's funny. I always say uh, nowadays is like when I played, I was nervous before the game. And then once yeah. the game started, I was fine. It's like now it's the opposite. I'm like good during the day. But once the game starts, now I'm nervous because I can't control anything. I'm just watching. Yeah. So. Uh, but that day, yeah, it was, the nerves were pretty high. I mean, it was a pretty big deal, uh, you know, for me to, to, to even interview for that that position. So, um, yeah, I was happy I did it, and I was happy that uh, Montreal gave me the opportunity. Uh, and, 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 you know, it's uh, it's going to be good for me the next next time the interview rolls around. At least I'll know a little bit more what to expect. How long was that chat? I want to say it was about an hour-ish, okay. more or less, maybe a little bit over an hour. Uh, a great experience, though, right? Because, like you said, the next time that you're going to interview, like you've you broke the ice, basically. Yeah, no, it was a great experience, and uh, I, I thank them, uh, you know, a gazillion times. I think uh, because you know that, that was, I think that was only my third year in management, so to, yeah. to get an interview for a GM job was was pretty big, uh, big deal for me. Rob, before I asked you, I said, did you ever want to play for the Canadians? And you said, well, sometimes I think yes, sometimes I think no, and you, yeah. you know. There's positives, there's negatives. Could you imagine, like, I think about this sometime, but let's be honest, the most stressful position probably in all of hockey has to be being the goalie for the Montreal Canadiens with Patrick Waugh having played here and Jacques Plante having played here and Ken Dryden having played here, and obviously the list goes on and on. Carey Price did it for over 15 years. Could you imagine? Like, that's... I can't imagine because I played in Vancouver for eight. <laughs> so I know exactly how he's feeling. It's, uh, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, you're in the spotlight every night, no matter what you do, you know, whether it's good or bad, you're going to be in the spotlight. So um, I understand, I a hundred percent understand what he went through. Uh, and it's not easy. Sometimes, you know, it's tough uh, when things are not going well and, you know, it's like uh, people are piling on, the media is piling on. It's, 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 you have to be strong to be able to like put that behind you and go play a hockey game, you know, because goalies is 90% is mental. Like everything is mental. If you feel good in your head, you'll have a good game. If you don't feel good and you doubt yourself, it's going to, it's going to be a bad night. It's just the way it goes. So um, to be able to do that for so long, I mean, that's impressive by him. Uh, and he, you know, he, he came through, he almost, he almost won a Stanley Cup with the, with a team that, you know, surprised a lot of people. They never thought that, you know, they could, you know, move past Iran and never mind go to the final. 
Yeah, so inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame you were three weeks ago. The Canucks have already announced you're going to be in the Ring of Honor next year. Uh, a lot of talk in, in Vancouver, out of Vancouver. I talked to one of my buddies today. Is will the Canucks retire Roberto Luongo's jersey? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> obviously, you'd love for it to happen, but uh, I don't know if I should put you on the spot here and ask you if you think you should have your jersey retired, but you know, what the hell? I'll ask you anyway. You think you should have your jersey? I think they should retire your jersey. I mean, you're the all-time leader in many categories for the Vancouver Canucks, and we know it's a difficult market, and we know you were there for eight years, and we know that you set a lot of milestones there. Your best hockey was played in Vancouver. I think so. What does Roberto Luongo think? Well, like I said in the morning of the press conference, that's really not up to me to decide. You know, I, I, I played my eight years there. I had a good time. Uh, yeah. I, you know, I did the best that I could. I, I laid it all out there. There were some bumps in the road and, and you know, maybe, uh, you know, things didn't end the way uh, everybody wanted to. So uh, maybe that might be, you know, one of the factors deciding. Uh, but at the, at the end of the day, to be honest with you, uh, I'm happy. Uh, you know, Ring yeah. of Honor is still an unbelievable honor. Uh, and I'm, I'm happy to be able to, you know, next year, whenever, whenever that is, you know, be able to enjoy that. Uh, hopefully I'll be able to bring my family up for that and, you know, enjoy with the fans. It's when, yeah. you, when you go to the, when you go to the arena there in Vancouver, you know, you look up, you see the jerseys by the same time. You always look at around on the, on the round, you see all the, and I hope they put me next to Alex Burroughs because he was my stallmate, uh, you know, when I played for them. So it'd be nice to be yeah, next yeah. to him. Oh, that's pretty cool. Well, listen, Rob, I, I not only cheer for good players, but I also cheer for good people. And I've had a chance to meet you on a couple of occasions. Once upon a time, I actually emceed your golf tournament, which took place that. in Montreal. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to be the president of the retiring Roberto Luongo's jersey in Vancouver <laughs> for several reasons. But one of which is you gave me two Vancouver Canucks T-shirts back then. Yeah. Uh, for both my boys and you autographed both of them. So I'm figuring if you get your jersey retired, it's It'll going up in value, Rob. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> as long as you split the profits, we're good. <laughs> Rob, once again, uh, I know you get asked to do a ton of interviews and a ton of podcasts, and you can't say yes to everyone. So please know how much I really appreciate this. Thank you again. No, my pleasure. Thank okay. you. Okay. All the best to you and your family. Have a good night, Thanks, Rob. Sir. Ciao. All right. Ciao. There you have it. Roberto Luongo. So shout out to MatrixHomeFitness.ca, uh, a uh, club quality workout in the comfort of your own home, of course. There you have it. Bring it home. Discover the workout in the comfort of your home. Visit matrixhomefitness.ca, whether it's for treadmills, whether it's for ellipticals, whether it's for bikes, whether it's for some of their fitness equipment. They are absolutely fantastic. Why don't we do this? Let's go for gold. Go for gold. A daily World Cup report. Keeps it Presented by Bijou Tree Bossing. Oh, yeah, uh, presented by Bijouterie Bassi and uh, my friend Jenny Dioris. Go for Gold is brought to you by Bijouterie Bassi. They provide a professional service and fine jewelry for over 30 years. Visit the store at 9640 Boulevard, St. Michel, Montreal. They have beautiful stuff, eh? I'm talking 18-karat gold. I'm talking white gold. I'm talking engagement rings. I'm talking diamond rings. I'm talking Ferrari watches. I'm talking Boulevard watches. I, I, I'm talking about, uh, you know, um, beautiful necklace like this. It's actually stainless steel, by the way. Uh, pretty cute bracelet like that for men, for women. Um, some real nice earrings for women as well. Uh, I love this place. And I'm loving the World Cup because today, once again, what a game. 
between Japan and Croatia with the winner moving on and the loser, unfortunately, going home. Japan gave Croatia all they could handle. They actually took the lead. Croatia tied it up. It went to extra time. Croatia had to take off some of their best players uh, because they were pretty tired, but it didn't matter. And where it was decided, it went to penalty kicks. And the catalyst was the goalkeeper for Croatia who made three, count them, three saves off of penalty kicks. He was just absolutely outstanding. And they win on penalties. Brazil just annihilated South Korea in an incredible clinic of football. Yoga Bonito is what they call it. They put on a show. They put four in. They win by a score of four to one. And there you have it. Taking a look at our games tomorrow. I believe in yellow and Sammy back at Master Control have them. They do. Tomorrow's game at Qatar World Cup 2022. At 10 a.m., it's Morocco versus Spain. And at 2 p.m., it's Cristiano Ronaldo's Portugal versus Switzerland. Uh, there's still a possibility that Portugal and Ronaldo meet Messi and Argentina in the final. Wouldn't that be something? But there's still a lot of football, or as they call it in North America, soccer to be played for that to happen. So let's just hold on. Speaking of soccer, um, the sale of Ishmael Kone to Watford has been made official. CF Montreal made it official. Watford made it official. And, uh, you know, he joins them starting in January of 2023. Also, it looks like Wilfred Nancy is going to be introduced tomorrow morning by the Columbus crew as their new head coach. And CF Montreal loses their coach, who led them to second in the East last year, just two points out of first and third overall in the league. And CF Montreal president Gabriel Gervais and CF Montreal have invited the media um, to take in his presser tomorrow afternoon at 1 p.m. So I'm sure tomorrow night we'll give you some reaction to Wilfred Nancy signing with the Columbus crew and hear what and recap what Gabriel Gervais had to say for CF Montreal. Special thanks to Roberto Luongo for joining me tonight for, I would say, probably the first 35 minutes of the show very much appreciate Roberto's time. Very much appreciate you, my sick army, being here in big numbers the way you are all the time. And tomorrow night, same time, same place, it's going to be a 10 p.m. watch party as the Canadians visit the Kraken in Seattle. Tell your friends about it. Say, this guy, Marinaro, well, Marination is running wild. This guy and his podcast, they're pretty sick. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Tony Marinero on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. 8.6. Intense by nature. And La Cage. If the last time you went to La Cage was when the Habs won the cup, it's time you went back to La Cage. The menu will surprise you.